Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is an early, early, early Tuesdays because uh, Stu Kedwell this week is uh, is on vacation. I was on vacation last week. I got home at about 2 in the morning on uh, Monday, uh, Toronto time. Stu, I, I think it is still... I think is it is it still uh, Sunday where you are, because you're you're in uh, in Maui. Yeah, it is now it is now Monday uh, for sure, but it's dark. But it but it, it it's dark and and you uh, I mean it's a shame that we we're, we're not doing this on video. I mean for for this time of day you look spectacular, Stu. <laughs> Thanks very much, Dave. <laughs> you, you have you you've been you've been out in the sun. You've got some lovely. Uh, you got a little bit of a tan there. You look, uh, you you look relaxed, as as we're going to say to most people, as we're going to say to investors here. That's what they should be doing uh, as well. That's right. Uh, it's uh, it's been an interesting vacation because uh, uh, the market's open uh, at uh, three thirty in the morning here, yeah. so you get to have uh, a bit of uh, a bit of work before the family wakes up, and away you go. Yeah, and uh, and and I mean, this is an important point for anyone listening. Stu Kedwell never stops. <laughs> Three in the morning market opening, midnight market opening where he's traveling around the world. He vacations, you know, they don't even really exist in Stu Kedwell's world. That's right. <laughs> okay. So, um, why, why don't, why don't we start with, uh, so, so, so last week when we jumped on, uh, on, on, on Monday, uh, we were dealing with a, uh, a very specific bank in the U S a very, uh, a, a bank that isolated his business in one particular sector. There were some unique circumstances around how everything unraveled on it. Uh, and we talked about how the U.S. government and, and uh, uh, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation jumped in, uh, backed the deposits, um, you, you know, pulled out their playbook for how to manage through these situations uh, there, there were another couple of banks in the U.S. that got in trouble. Similar playbook, and and if you look at market reaction through the week, seemed to to manage through it fairly well. Uh, we 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 postulated when when we talked last time that you know typically when you see one bank, despite how despite its uniqueness, that typically that's a sign, especially with the, the monetary backdrop we've had, rates rising dramatically over the last uh, 12 months. But typically something else, you know, shows cracks along the way. The market tends to attack it. And, and, and so it's so, you know, it's, it's a case of there's, there's fragility in a lot of different places. And, and one of the big areas where issues popped up was with Credit Suisse, a uh, large European bank. So, so Stu... Take, take it from there in terms of what happened, how it's resolved, and, and how is this different from what we saw with Silicon Valley Bank in the in the U.S. last week? Well, there there, there are similarities and there's differences. Um, you know, Credit Suisse uh, had been struggling uh, for some time, um, so you know, often in in periods like we had last week, uh, if you have a weakness, it gets kind of amplified during that period of time because uh, just like Silicon Valley, deposits are you know, the liquidity is the lifeblood of a bank. And when you start to lose deposits or start to lose liquidity, um, it doesn't really matter, you know, how much capital you have in those instances. Uh, you know, that's what puts you into into some duress. And, and Credit Suisse started to lose deposits last week. They did have a, you know, they had an issue when they put out their financial results. And they said that the results wouldn't have been materially different, but they did have a, 
a, a clause where they said, um, you know, there were some weaknesses in their financial reporting, which didn't help, certainly. Yeah. Um, you know, it, yeah, I don't think it was the significant event, but it certainly didn't help along the way. So, you know, Credit Suisse is losing deposits. And, um, you know, so what you're looking for there uh, as a regulator is, you're, you know, how do we you know, kind of put a floor back in place? How do we recreate confidence? And um, in UBS, which is the other large Swiss bank, um, uh, you know, was the kind of logical combination in their minds. Uh, so, you know, they put those two banks together very quickly over the weekend. And, um, you know, the, the way that they've done it, it'll leave a very well capitalized bank. It'll leave a, a liquid bank. They provided some government support that, um, you know, should really help. Uh, you know, kind of get people, you know, thinking that, that this is going to be one of the, the longer term uh, survivors and, and a strong bank on the other side. Um, you know, so that you know, happened very quickly over the weekend uh, on the um, on the European side. Um, but this kind of last, you know, these last throws of rising interest rates, you know, that's where we're exposing, uh, you know, some things that um, in normal times may not have been, uh, you know, as much of an issue. But um, you know, they get exposed quite quickly uh, in these types of environments. Yeah, and 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 like I say, there's always um, th there's always investors and legitimately uh, you know looking for weaknesses to to sort of short those those investment positions. I kind of put you you might understand this one, Stu. Uh, the uh, when when I when I went to high school, I, I was I was not popular. I was, I was more the intellectual type. And uh, I, I actually, back in the, the time when I was going to high school, I, I, I would dress like Alex P. Keaton. I'd throw a, you know, a suit and a tie on. And, and, and you know, I, I, I didn't, I was a meek looking kid to begin with, but I really, I really stood out to the bullies in the class when I showed up in my, in my suit and tie. And, uh, and, and, and I, I was pretty weak. So, uh, so, you know, you can attack and, and if, if you don't have anything to back it up, then you're, you, you kind of fail. And that's, uh, that's the SVB situation. And then, uh, of course, there's the karate kid, which is the ultimate tale of the, uh, the, the, the kid who's bullied. And, uh, the, the, the great news about the, uh, the, the, the karate kid is the karate kid had Mr. Miyagi. And so, uh, Mr. Miyagi comes in and supports, uh, supports the karate kid. And of course he's able to defend himself. And in and in this case, and in SVB for the uh, for the, for the depositors, uh, Mr. Miyagi is the federal government or the central bank or uh, or or UBS or the Swiss government who come in and uh, have a playbook on how to uh, how to support these things so that it doesn't get beyond uh, the, the 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 place in the financial system where the troubles start. And so, you know, in, in this case, and, 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 and really for, for, for anything that happens, and we talk about this, is, is there's a playbook for this. There's a way that you can support these institutions and very clearly send a message to the market that this is not a situation like 2008, 2009. Yeah, no, I think that's 100% correct. Um, uh, you know, like the saying in the market is kind of, you know, putting things in strong hands. Um, you know, going, you know, the, the crisis after a crisis, you know, every, after, you know, every 15 years or so, we seem to have something flare up and then, um, you know, and then finding a way to have that in strong hands. Uh, you know, the, the period of, of time when, you know, that kind of process is taking place can cause some disjointment, but uh, eventually the kind of the system, you know, finds its footing and, and gets on its way again.
yeah, I, I just, I just wish my father had been Mr. Miyagi would have, would have helped <laughs> me through, 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 through high school. So, so th- through all of this though, Stu, so we've seen you, European markets had a very challenging week last week out of this. If we look at uh, North American markets, it was a little bit more mixed, certainly a lot of volatility. We saw any measure of volatility spike up uh, through last week. But when, when you look at the week itself, I think the S&P 500 moved you know, around 1% on, on, on the week. Um, you, you know, as, as, you, as you look at what's, what's happened here from, from, from a stock perspective, ha- have regulators and government done everything they need to do to shore up the financial system, or or do you think we're likely to see you know a, a couple more of these pop up as as we work through this process? Because you know interest the Fed central banks, European Central Bank raised despite everything going on, raised interest rates by fifty basis points. The Fed is likely to raise rates again this week by twenty five basis points. So so are, are you, you think we're going to continue to see these little things flare up again? Uh, I think it's I think it's possible that it'll it'll carry on for a little bit. Um... You know, again, it's it's that you know this notion of you know so so there's all these you know say all these banks in the United States and deposits start moving around between banks, which is just natural human behavior, right? Like, yes. Um, so you know so so people make individual decisions. Higher interest rates led some people to take from deposits and put in money markets. That uh, you know creates uh, you know some challenges for banks. Uh, if the bank is viewed to not necessarily being strong enough, then the deposit leaves the bank and goes to a new bank. You know, that, that process of, of, you know, water kind of finding its new level, so to speak, um, you know, that creates opportunities for some banks and challenges for other banks. And, you know, I think that could still take a bit of time. But I think, you know, to your earlier point, you know, the, the central banks and, and the regulators have kind of Know, kind of displayed this playbook about you know it's a deep playbook with lots of tools and they know how to get you know people through it in the very in the very near term you know the kind of the way that i think about it is and this is where you know when you get to interest rates you know whether or not we get another 25 basis point increase or not you know, we're likely nearing the end because financial conditions during this process will tighten a little bit you know banks that that are deposit challenged uh, you know, they can't grow their balance sheet. They have loans. Those loans come up for due. They have to decide what do we do with them. They're probably going to ration their balance sheet. And the new banks that may have received the deposits, they want to see how do those de- deposits perform? When can we turn them into loans? We have to raise the capital or we need capital to turn them into loans. So, you know, there's this kind of disjoining process which uh, tightens financial conditions. And, um, and, you know, that's just something we're going to have to you know, work our way through. So as, as part of this process, though, so we talked about the, the stock market reaction on the other side of all of this, and again, despite the European Central Bank raising rates, again, the Fed talked a little bit, like we were, we were coming into last week with, with the chance that the Fed was going to raise rates by 50 basis points at different points in the week, there was discussion that they wouldn't raise at all their rates this week. Now it's kind of settling in around 25 basis points. But when you look at the longer end of the yield curve, and you talked about this when we were together two weeks ago, that 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 longer end, which kind of is is a better signal of how things are going to play out longer term, obviously, that those yields have stayed pretty well anchored. They 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 weren't accelerating higher in a way that you would expect us to continue to go through this with high high inflation and much higher interest rates. 
they had those longer rates had started to rise, you know, fairly quickly through February. The ten-year U.S. Treasury got up over four percent, uh, but but since all of this started to happen with Silicon Valley Bank, we've now seen the ten-year drop by I think uh, overnight it was at about three point three four. It's sitting at three point four seven now. So long-term rates have come down a lot, and even beyond that. You go to the two-year U.S. Treasury, which has dropped from five down below four now. So, so what do you make of this? Is this what you would have expected to happen? And what does it portend for stocks and valuations, or what's going to happen to the economy and thus earnings as we as as we move out of this? Yeah, you know, it's it's the speed with which um, you know, bond markets worried about inflation and you know that dynamic of tightening financial conditions. So, so. Uh, you know, if you if you come to get a loan, right, uh, and you want to do something in the economy, there's two things that come into play. One, can you get it? And the second is, what interest rate will you pay, right? So if you can keep getting loans, then the rate needs to be higher to slow the economy. If you have trouble getting a loan, then the rate doesn't matter as much because you can't put that money into the economy. So what we've seen and, you know, the pace with which it happens uh, with the benefit of hindsight, is always uh, remarkable. But uh, in the last two weeks, we've seen, you know, the, the kind of the lagging impact of monetary policy, which you never know exactly where it's going to bite, has bitten. Um, financial conditions are likely to be tighter. Financial conditions will then help, you know, ease the inflation concerns. And then that gets you into, eventually, the point where inflation comes down, interest rates can begin to lower uh, and then that becomes stimulative eventually. You know, I think we're a little ways from that, but you know, that's kind of the way that the cycle works, right? Um, you know, keeping in mind this, you know, discussion we've had, you know, a number of times, which is inflation peaks, a year later interest rates peak, a year later earnings bottom. You know, sometime during that, you know, period of time when earnings are bottom is when stocks find their footing. Um, you know, you know the general plot without knowing the subplot. And, you know, the subplot is kind of, reared its head here in the last uh, couple of weeks um and uh and you know that's kind of what we're going to be negotiating in the next little while yeah. and any of this has dramatically shifted your view on on where earnings are going to move well um you know I, I we have to go back through like every company will have every company has a balance sheet um and uh you know and that balance sheet requires funding so you know, understanding, you know, when, you know, which companies are going to need money in the next three, six, nine, 12 months, maybe that's going to cost a little bit more. Uh, you know, they need to finance new sales. They need to finance inventory. Like we need to, you know, kind of run through all those types of calculations, but all of those things are what causes you know, a little bit of pressure on earnings. It's also the part that helps slow inflation. Um, and, um, you know, so all that needs to be studied. Uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, kind of like what can you what can you say for sure? Uh, you know, it's probably difficult for earnings to accelerate in this environment, but I don't think we were really in that camp. Um, you know, so we're just trying to figure out uh, earnings are are, are flatlining. Uh, they'll likely slow down, and uh, you know, the degree to which they do that, uh, you know, will govern will govern share prices. Uh, you know, stocks have have you know come down, um, and they kind of sit uh, you know kind of right in the middle of two ranges of. You know, kind of a a more significant slowdown in a in a softer landing. So so I mean I I I guess as we look back to 
you know, to last week's discussion and, and well, actually the last, last couple of weeks discussion. And, and then today, uh, th- this is a, a not unexpected turn of events, given what central banks were trying to do in terms of controlling inflation, uh, the, the old, the, the old adage that, uh, the central banks need to break something uh, when when they're raising interest rates and and trying to just just to slow down an economy or slow slow down inflation, uh, and 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 that's happened. So you're you're going to hear that noise. You got to pay attention to it. It's it's like you know it's like a a uh, you know a, a, an ambulance. You hear the ambulance siren as you're driving along in the car. Uh, it could be going the other way, but you're certainly looking in your rearview mirror to see if it's coming up behind you. So you you got to be aware of it, but. You know, it's likely this is the ambulance coming the other way. It's just part of uh, part part of life, and so you try to put that in the background. and And the fundamentals of the longer term cycle are really still intact. This is still, you know, pretty much how we expected this to play out. Um, and you and you you make decisions accordingly. I think that I think that's bang on. Like you know, the specific events uh, are not likely to be expected, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, so, you know, that that's, uh, you know, that's one thing, uh, the degree to which, uh, you know, Fed tightening hits different things, uh, you know, you know, you never know. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, you know, everyone has the same objectives, right? Uh, you know, moderate inflation, keep the economy growing. So if, you know, if we're nearing the end of the tightening cycle, they're not going to overdo it just for the sake of it, right? If inflation, which is coming down, uh, you know, in, in mix last week, there was some quite good news on the producer side. Um, you know, as inflation comes down, and there can be an easing of financial conditions. The easing of financial conditions restarts, uh, you know, economic activity, and and um, you know, and that's and that's part of the cycle. So, so, so I think overall, this is something we 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 always want to be wary of. And and again, a professional investor is watching this very very closely. So if you're investing through a professional investor, an investment manager, they're watching all these things. But generally, as an individual investor, you, you know, you want to be careful not to overreact to, to, to these things going on. Yeah, like it's, a, you know, doing a financial plan uh, is never more important. Um, you know, thinking about your investment objectives, you know, very hard for us to comment on, you know, risk and return objectives of an individual on a podcast like this. But yeah, but uh you know, if that financial plan has been done, uh, you know, this is, this is uh, you know, the roadmap's been set. And, you know, these types of things, uh, you know, while never enjoyable while they're happening, are, you know, part of the, the history of markets for sure. Yeah. And, and, and again, this spike in volatility that we saw, hey, hey, don't, well, I don't hate to come back to it. I like to come back to it all the time. Dollar cost averaging, right, Stu? This, is, this has been a, this year has been a classic case. For, for using dollar cost averaging approaches, it has been uh, yeah like a textbook case for dollar cost averaging for sure, um, and even even within the market too you know and you mentioned it last week how you know the S and P was you know generally speaking at a headline level not that significant there were you know there's pockets of stocks like you know we've talked in the past about growth and value you know I'm, I'm not as as much a big a big fan of you know kind of that trade from one to the other but as interest rates lower different cash flows get valued differently. You know, some stocks did quite well last week and, yeah. you know, many of those are in portfolios just like, um, you know, just, to, you know, just for consideration. Excellent, Stu. Well, you, um, I mean, just for the record, you continue to be my Mr. Miyagi from an investment <laughs> perspective. And I'm sure 
many others who listens to, to Stu's days religiously. Uh, Stu, thanks thanks for getting up uh, early, early, early in the morning on your vacation to uh, to help us out and give us some guidance around uh, the things that are making headlines for us. So really, really appreciate it. Well, anytime, Dave, and uh, thanks very much for having me. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.